Hi, welcome to the Church Split. My name is Will, and this is Andrew, also known as Andre. Hello. So this today's episode is a little bit different. Now, Andrew is a probably been how, how long have we been best friends? About eight years. Yeah, about eight. Eight years, yeah. yeah. So you guys have seen Brian on the channel a couple of times. You guys know he's the guy behind the scenes, usually literally behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. But Andrew and I have been best friends since Bible college, and Andrew has uh, lived with my wife and I a few times. Uh, then you interned with me at my church. I did, yeah. It's been yeah a- what a wonderful disaster that was. <laughs> Here we, are. <laughs> we are back again for round two. So. Oh, yeah. So if, for those of you guys who might not know uh, me more personally, Andrew serves with me at the church as associate pastor. Brian's one of the deacons. So uh, Andrew's definitely been very close. We just haven't really had a chance to shoot a video together. No, no. Probably because you don't want me on. You're ashamed of me, but that's okay. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I'm a little no, ashamed of you. That's no, right. No, no, okay, it's fine. Myself. You look like a beaver, but it's fine. <laughs> um, so the thing is with Andrew, I have him here specifically because not only have I gone through multiple church splits, but uh, Andrew has experienced some things himself. He was actually here uh, for two of my church splits you've been around. I think I caused the first one, did I? Uh, probably. probably your just general overall presence. Yeah, every single time I show up, there's another church split, so I'm your harbinger of sorrows is what we like to yeah, call it's, it. It's the sign. It's, it's like the clouds upon the water of, oh man, something's about to go down. Andrew's here. You call the thing in uh, Pennsylvania, the, the not the hedgehog, the, the thing comes up out of the ground, the gopher. Ow. Phil Poxitani sees his uh, shadow and there's like six more weeks. Are you talking like Groundhog Day or something? Groundhog, yeah, Groundhog Day. So every time I show up, we'll get six more church splits. It's not been that bad. Okay, calm down. (laughs) All right. So anyway, back on track. This Mm. is the problem. There's too much camaraderie here. But so, Andrew, uh, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you talk so funny? So um, I got kicked out of Ireland at a very young age uh, for my negligence and chicanery. No, um, my parents are missionaries. Uh, my dad is from Belfast, Northern Ireland. My mom is from Memphis, Tennessee. So I've always been a mixed mutt. Um, they actually had me born here in the United States in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, of all places. And uh, right after I was born, I was brought over to Ireland. And that's where I was raised in Antrim, Northern Ireland until I was uh, 11. And uh, we came back to the States. Uh, my mother's mother passed away. My grandfather had uh, a whole host of different types of medical issues. So we thought it'd be best to come over here to take uh, take care of him here in the States. And uh, when we did that, uh, my dad, after a couple months, uh, took a pastor of the uh, church in uh, McMinnville, Tennessee, called Temple Baptist. And that is where we kind of get into our story of how I or our family went through our church split as well. So, are you a Protestant or a Catholic? Uh, I don't even know anymore. Do you hail no. the IRA as I do? No, you're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, probably won't. Brian, keep that. No, um, no. no just kidding. So, um, in all seriousness, so the thing is, so Andrew, you've both been both raised as a missionary's kid and a pastor's kid. Yeah, I got both barrels. Have no mercy. <laughs> <laughs> Always under the magnifying glass. Yes, yeah. um, no, I have. His his parents are wonderful people. Um, of, of both uh, Tom and. Uh, Leslie, I, no, I know her. I know your mom's name. That's like you. She adopted me. That's but, true. So the thing is, is uh, so Andrew has gone through some very. You've experienced things differently uh, on yeah. the spectrum because you were raised in ministry, yeah. part of ministry. You lived and breathed church in many ways, uh, and then you went to Bible college. Even so, you never got out of it. You were always, you've always been engaged in it. And uh, so when you and I met at Bible college, that was during the time when you're, of course, you're here in the states. 
with your family. Your dad's now mm-hmm. pastoring a church. So yeah. where? How, so what all start go, going down? What all happened? Well, kind of. Well. And the way you were kind of the original, because as soon as I met you, I got a call from my parents that the church is about to split. So maybe, you know, this is, you know, reversal. (laughs) We are Um, cancer. That's what we're trying to say. (laughs) We really are when you think about it. Um, No, um, what happened with the church was, um, you know, we met uh, my freshman year, your junior year. I was 18, you were 20. And, you know, I was, you know, new to college, really new to school. I was homeschooled my whole life. And so... Um, I was just trying to learn the ropes, and you were there just causing mischief, having fun, and uh, having a good time, but also, you know, learning more about the Bible and trying to grow in our faith. But at that time, you know, just a couple months into my freshman year, um, my parents gave me a call, and things weren't going too well with the church. And to be honest, I mean, it was probably brewing for uh, quite some time. Um, what happened was, uh, when we moved to the States, um, after a couple of months, my dad was um, accepted the role that was offered to him to be a pastor at Temple Baptist in McMinnville, Tennessee. And I'm not going to drop any names of anybody, and I'm not going to blame anyone and say they did X, Y, Z. Um, I doubt they'll even see this, but if they do, you know, I don't have any hard feelings or any malice towards them. I just want to explain kind of what happened to my dad and our family as a whole, and maybe what I can kind of give to people watching to kind of give them some advice, you know, if they're going through a situation or if they're on either side of this matter. But basically, the church was ran by an older pastor and his family, and I want to really put emphasis on his family. And the thing is, when you have a church, I get it if there's a small church in the middle of nowhere, you know, in the middle of a cornfield in Nebraska, and you're, you've got the pastor and his wife and his kids, and they do 95% of the ministries, and they've got a small church, and they're just trying to keep it together. I'm not talking about them. I'm I have talking, no idea what that's like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about a church where basically one family has the vast majority of the power, and they control every single thing in that church and that's not what it's supposed to be i remember uh when i came up here to do my internship about three years ago you told me that there was a board of people and not a group of deacons and assistant pastor i'm like that doesn't sound doesn't sound good it's not biblical number one and it's it really does cause a lot of problems so it wasn't good it, it, it was not good. good. We Mistakes switched. were made. <laughs> Mistake. But yeah. we amended that constitution, so that's been yeah. fixed. So it's kind of like um, my dad tried to steer the church in a really, a really strong biblical way where he wanted a group of deacons and an assistant pastor. Now, keep in mind, he was really, really kind to the previous family and the church and the, the pastor there. He made the ex-pastor, the pastor emeritus. He had his own office, and he definitely still had a lot of say because my dad didn't want to out him and the whole family and everything else. Well, and your dad is just a very, very oh, nice he's, man. He's yeah. a great guy. And yeah, I can relate with your with your father because yeah. when I took over the church that I'm at now, the old pastor was there too. Yeah. And I, same thing. I didn't want to step, step on toes. I, I wanted him welcome there. I still regularly like talked to him and he was actually part of a lot of meetings. And, you know, I, I didn't want to bulldoze him, so to speak. When, when you call my dad to get some advice, he just starts start laughing. Like, ah, 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 <laughs> no, uh, when I called yeah. your dad to give advice, your dad actually gave me great advice. Yeah, uh, uh, he he, uh, he was he was a little concerned when the OG pastor was still there. He's like that could cause some problems, but, uh, which time, but which they did a little bit, um, actually a lot of it. And then the other issue was, uh, well, I'll just say one of the things that your dad did give me great advice mm. on was uh, conflict resolution. So yeah. his whole thing was never just don't go in there and just throw the grenade. You know, if you're gonna, you know, you, he's like, you know, if you're 
you can always escalate the situation further, but you can't ever de-escalate it. So make sure that when you take those steps, you take proper, small, incremental steps and don't ever blow things out of proportion. So um, if you're, essentially, if you're going to pull the pin on the grenade, make sure you do so with care. I don't like that petrol bomb. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know, that being said, my dad did that. I was there for up until when I left for school and whenever I came back on breaks and everything. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of that. I know my dad did his very best to make everyone feel appreciated for what they had done. But at the same time, you can't have a church be a social club. You can't make it a country club or anything else where you've got all these little cliques and they have a bunch of activities and events and things that just really don't matter. I'm not saying activities and events are wrong, but whenever your church is not trying to reach anybody with the gospel, when you're not trying to support missionaries, when you're not trying to do what you know what God has called you to do in the first place, then everything has become really horribly skewed and it's not what it's supposed to be. And then whenever they try to resist my dad with all that, it was just, it's confusing whenever you get a body of believers and you get a bunch of Christians and then there's that one group, that one very vocal group in that midst of that body where they're just like, no, we don't want to do this, we don't want to do that. And they just, they, they did not want to relinquish any control over at all. Like, whenever my dad came, I was like, oh, we support you. I remember I was there. Like, they said, we would support you 150%, but that wasn't the case at all. I mean, again, I can relate because yeah. I've had people say, as long as you keep preaching the gospel, I will stand behind you. <laughs> Two weeks later, after one person said that, they left. And I was like, mad at you for preaching the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So uh, the thing is, like, I, that's a really great point that you mentioned, though, the fact mm -hmm. that it's not a country club. It's no. the, it is not a country club. It is not. The church should never be a country club. It should mm -hmm. never be a social activity. Sure, we socialize in fellowship, yeah. but that's not the focus. And as if that and uh, if you know if that becomes the thing that you do for socializing, and it's my thing, yeah. and you 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 pretty much don't relinquish any control, then that's a real problem. I, I remember when I first when I led our music ministry for a while here, and that was one of the things. Honestly, I wanted somebody to take over, mm -hmm. but that was also another thing where it's like, okay, I gave it to some of the kids, like the youth group who had musical abilities. And I was like, okay, please don't crash and burn. Please don't crash. But it was also one I'm like, well, it's not mine. You know? Yeah, and that's why I want to get into a little bit later. Like, no, like take ownership of ministry, take ownership of what you can do in the church to help and really just praise God and exalt God and worship God and work to lead other people to the Lord. But here's the thing. You don't own any part of that church building. You don't own any type of ministry. It's not yours. It's God's. And we're given the privilege to carry it out. And that's about it. And that's the thing. Not, not, <laughs> the pride gets in the way of everything. And, you know, going on from that story, what really kind of set everything off was um, in the year of our Lord, 2012. <laughs> um, in 2012, my um, my dad's dad my grandfather and our auntie was passing away um several of his organs were beginning to shut down um i can't remember the exact name of what was going on health wise but it, you know it was it was getting to that time you know and so we left uh to cruise Ireland for a couple of weeks and we went over there for months and months but it was about three weeks or so maybe a little bit more but we were there for my granddad and this last day so i'm keeping this is my dad's father uh, we were there with him in the hospital. We brought him back to his home. We set up the hospital bed and basically we were just trying to Keep him comfortable until his time was ready to go and pass on 
that's the only thing that we could do in that situation. Now, keep in mind, he was in his 80s. He had led a, a very full, interesting life. I've told you a lot of different things about him. It's but, definitely interesting. <laughs> but, you know, we were there, and uh, we were there when he passed away, and we took care of all the funeral arrangements for everybody. I, I, keep in mind, my dad is the oldest of three kids, so he used always the oldest brother and always the leader, in a sense. So he needed to be there for the family. Anyway, we come back to the States, and the pastor emeritus got angry at my father for being gone for just a couple of weeks to take care of our family back home. And he said, you don't need to be leaving anymore like that. And my dad was like, well, I am the pastor and I'm going to take care of my family. And I was only gone for a couple of weeks, but I'm back. Now, the pastor emeritus basically told my dad, you're not really the pastor, you're just a placeholder. After he'd been there for six years and had done plenty, <laughs> I, well, I, I say that. I say that. I think I would have pulled the pin on the grenade. <laughs> I say that because I had come down. I, my dad always told me, "I'm really glad you weren't there and not, you know, you were in college and you weren't there." Because I'm pretty sure my dad knows me. I probably would have taken a swing at somebody at some point. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Probably we'll see. But. You would have owned your Irish roots at that point. Oh well, I think. I can't remember everything, and I don't want to start falsely accusing people, but things did get pretty nasty with that. Um, and eventually, they, it came down to a vote. The funny thing is, though, at least 70, 75% of the church voted to go with my dad. And the rest of the family, now it's a big family, you know, by, they're about 30% of the church or whatever, them and their wee friends and everything, and they decided to go with the older pastor. And the thing is, though, so we had the vast majority. That is almost similar exactly it, to see, mine. It mirrors yours so much. It's crazy. But the thing is, though, the family there, the pastor Meredith, his family, and his wee cronies and everything else, they're like, well, we're not going to give up the church building. I'm like, it's not legally yours. I'm like, we'll fight you tooth and nail in the quarter by this. And they're like, and my, my dad, being a gentleman, he was like, you know what? Fine. Keep the church building. You can have it. We'll move on to something else. And we did. And uh, eventually we actually joined ourselves to a small church in the area that was actually struggling a little bit. And uh, everything was great from there. But again, you kind of see, this is what I really want to warn people about too. You don't, you don't own the church building, okay? You don't get to have a sense of entitlement, especially with that church. I, you know, God love them, that family, they did put a lot of time and effort and labor and resources into that building. But so did so many other people as well. And they never acknowledged that. They owned it. It was theirs. It was their country club, you know, in a way. And, you know, I don't really, <laughs> we always took that I'd come back from, uh, uh, go back on Christmas break and go back to the church and be like, hey guys, what's going on? Where, where's my dad at? What's going on? <laughs> but, you know, they, they had their thing going on and that's fine. I, I don't know really what happened to them at this point. I really don't care, you know. <laughs> But, well, especially during the time where, uh, I mean, uh, they just mm -hmm. lost, it was your dad's father, Yeah, right? my, my dad yeah. just lost his father. Yeah, it's like, this. during the time, it's like, yeah, so the time that your pastor yeah. could really probably use your support the most is the time you bailed out. And as you know, that's, you were literally there yeah. when somebody handed me a key and kind of gave me a little bit of fuss uh, yeah. in the house and when my wife's mom was dying. And you, and you remember, yeah. Do you remember what I told you when that happened three years ago? Christians are the only army where we see our own wounded laying on on the floor and we decide to shoot them instead of helping them back up. The, oh, that's always a gut punch every time Seriously, I said. We always we just bayonet each other all the time. Yeah, it's like right reason. when someone's hurting is the moment we want to yeah. You said yeah. I think the way you said it originally was Christians are the only group in the world that'll shoot their own wounded. Yeah, that's a yeah. And that is yeah. that has always stuck to me. We're like, oh man, I want to make sure that I'm not shooting my own wounded. <laughs> and here's the thing too, so we got we got done with that split. 
we joined ourselves to another church, and everything was great with them. Wonderful family. Now, did this um, church not have a pastor, by the way? And your uh, dad was ill. Like, no, it was. Sorry, um, I'm just curious. No, at this point. no, no, no. It was actually kind of the same situation where it was an older pastor, uh, three daughters, and their families and everything. But they were a wonderful, wonderful family. It was actually Pastor John Clons, and uh, he's going to be with the Lord now. Um, but he was a wonderful man. And, uh, but he was in his 80s, getting up there, and he just kind of needed another pastor to come over and just kind of um, lead the church, you know. And my dad was able to do that for them, and they were a wonderful family, great, great group of people, you know. So okay. able to take that church, remodel it, rebuild it. We worked on it, you know, quite a bit. I worked on it, you know, the summer I got back from my freshman year, and it was, it was, it was a great, great experience. But the thing that I wanted to add to that, too, was that after we had that church split, and it's something kind of like what you went through, too, we had a, a really prominent family that went through my dad with everything and they really helped my, my dad and they decided to leave the church after. And you want to know why they left? I dare. I, I, it's the sure. same thing we keep going over. There's not enough activities for the kids. There's not enough events for the kids. There's not this. There's not that. Here's the thing. Like, I, I get that activities and events are good, but that is not the purpose of church. The purpose of church is to worship God, to learn the scriptures, and yes, to fellowship with each other, but it's not meant for all these different things. And I love for that. And it really, it kind of broke my dad's heart after that. You know, so here's well, the it, thing. It, it stings. Like, it I, sting. coming from someone who's like, I've had people, I had one yeah. person tell me like, you know, uh, I will, I got your six. And then yeah. no more than four months later, they were the ones who were at the center of some stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. Like, if you want to see a change in the church, if you want events and activities, I mean, so long as they're biblical and they edify the believer, then you you start it. You help out, you know? You can't, like, just say, I want this, this, and this, and this, and this. You're not going to get it. And here's the thing. There's problems with every church. No church is perfect, and there, we could always be doing more. But, you know, you've got to, if you want to see change, then you should probably be the one to help out with that, too. That's actually, it's funny you say that, because yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, oh, well, well, we need more children's ministry. We need X ministry. We need that ministry. I'm like, okay, first of all. The- you got it. Go ahead. <laughs> Well, first of all, like the New Testament church didn't have half these activities. No. They were just happy to fellowship with one yes. another. And it's like, well, maybe we should find a way to be more content and be more of a simple church and be happy about that. Mm-hmm. But, hey, no, if you want to do this thing, no one's stopping you. I've, I've, I've actually told many people, I'm like, oh, I'd love for it, but we don't have anybody. They're like, well, what if you and your wife could? I'm like, my wife and I are loaded. Like, yeah. we're, yeah. you know, um, especially when, you know, you know, you and I are both bivocational. Yeah. Um, we both work outside of the church. And then it's like, <laughs> we also have a wife. We have uh, other responsibilities. Yeah. So it is yeah. funny how oftentimes people leave because these programs aren't there, but they're mm. not willing to usually spearhead the problem or stick with it long enough to give it time to grow. I think my dad always told me, like, church is like a football match where you've got 24 people just working themselves to death, and then you've got 20,000 people in the stands just kind of watching. That's pretty much what and church cheering like or sometimes. complaining about the right, right the yeah, <laughs> booing you or cheering you on, whatever it is. <laughs> Usually booing you, but yeah. And then another thing I wanted to mention, again, I'm not going to drop names, and I'm not going to go deep into the story of what happened, but I will say this. We, we had another family leave, and then another family leave after that, then both were connected in the same problem where, let, let me put it this way. If you are married and if you're going to flirt around and kind of act that way to a person who is not your spouse, I will suplex you into next week if I see that happening in our church. Don't be gross. Okay, that's the last <laughs> thing I'm going to lead with with this little intro part. Please don't be gross, all right? Be an example to other believers, especially the younger believers. Don't. It, it drives me insane when people like they they have all these different ministries in the church and yet 
they just turn around and they just that they do something just so I don't want to say anything happened, but it just it wasn't right conduct. It wasn't the right behavior of a Christian. And funny side story, my dad and my granddad, my American granddad, um, confronted the man about it. And he was so heavy with conviction, he literally fainted. And I wish I was there to see it. But, okay, <laughs> if you know you're doing something wrong, and the first time you get confronted about it, you faint, then you should probably not be doing that type of thing, okay? He fainted. He fainted, yeah. I can't imagine. Can you imagine having a meeting, like mm -hmm. just sitting there and be like, "We need to talk to you." So there's a sin issue, and the person, yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> come back. So that video of those goats, you just kind of faint. Over <laughs> 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 like the fainting goats. Uh, yeah, but oh. don't, don't do that. Like, here's the thing. I, I get everyone has sin issues. Everyone has problems. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Brian is kind of perfect, but anyway. <laughs> he's but not like, perfect. His his son is perfect, but yeah, he's not but perfect. Be, be an example. Be an example. Don't do anything that's questionable. Check your behavior and always act appropriately. You know, that's that's what I'll just I'll end with that there for the intro part of this. Okay, so um, so so throughout this entire experience, what as as someone on the outside looking in, because that's what this is. This isn't yeah. like you've you've been in the middle of church splits before, but they were mm -hmm. always side by side with me, which actually, yeah. as, as much as we joke around about you being the harbinger of sorrows, I honestly feel like God sends Andrew just as a to relieve me of just some of the stress that it deals with, yeah. mainly because you're really good at making me laugh and saying really absurd things, and yeah. laughter is the best medicine. But um, what was it, so as a son of a pastor, seeing your dad go through this, what, what was going through your mind? Well, it was kind of maddening because you'd see all these people and they claim to be Christians, but they never really acted like Christians. Um, here's the thing that I really do want to talk about with anyone watching this is that in churches, especially if you may feel like you could be going towards a church split or if there's really any problems at all in the church, what solves a vast majority of problems is actually having some form of biblical literacy where you actually know the Bible, not only know it, but also apply it to so many other problems could be completely avoided if people would just actually take the Bible to heart and actually applied it. There wouldn't be all this pride, there wouldn't be all this ego, there wouldn't be all this infighting. In fact, we could actually have a church that's propelled forward with the gospel and with love and truth and grace if people would actually just take the scriptures seriously. One of the things that always comes to mind with me with this topic is where the Bible says bear one another's burdens. Mm. And it's like, well, burdens isn't it's not saying like, oh, when Andrew, you're struggling and depressed, it's not just me coming around you when there are those times. I feel like Christians only think you like, never do that. <laughs> no, I would tell you to get your crap together. But anyway, <laughs> but the uh, but yeah. the idea of bearing one another bur one another's burdens, what is the burden if not sin? And yeah. how can I bear one another's burdens if we don't share one another's burdens? But if instead, mm -hmm. as soon as somebody's maybe a flaw comes out, I've, mm -hmm. I've been, a, you know, something a, a, a victim of this. I hate using that word, but where someone goes, oh, well, we found out that Pastor Will isn't, he didn't do exactly what I would have wanted him to do in this particular situation. He's not as perfect as I had him in my own mind, and they yeah. kill themselves by expectation. It's like, well, if we bared one another's burdens, this would be one of those times where you know, we could use an iron sharpening iron moment instead of yeah. a mudslinging contest. Yeah, don't, don't do it the way God called you to do it. Do it the way I saw you doing in my mind. Do it. Maybe do it that way. <laughs> 
But yeah. like that, that's that. But I think that's you know what you're saying is like a lot of people or what people do is they mm -hmm. know certain verses and phrases. They use mm -hmm. them out of context and they use them as uh, battering rams yeah. as opposed to going okay. Well, no, it says a soft a soft answer turns away wrath. Uh, ooh, a meek and a humble spirit like Jesus responded so humbly in so many crazy mm -hmm. scenarios. Like why not? Why didn't I do that? Um, like Paul even like who is by the way we all want to be as good of a Christian as Paul. Mm -hmm. And when Paul goes, uh, you know, I am the chief of sinners. Like if we have the mentality of I am the chief of sinners. Mm -hmm. So in my church, my church is my body of Christ. This mm -hmm. is the body that I associate with and fellowship with. Then why would I amputate myself mm -hmm. from that, that fellowship instead of being there to try to keep that rolling? Unless yeah. of course there's so much sin and disease and filth written in the church that it's not yeah. going anywhere. <laughs> then at that point, point pull the pull the life support man <laughs> i mean it's um it's first corinthians 12 right 12 verse 12 uh chapter 12 verse 12 where he's talking about all that there's all these different body parts and they're all unique and they all have their function but you can't be you're not going to chop off your hand because you don't like the look of your left hand i mean you're going to keep yourself all together and one thing that i've kind of noticed that i've talked about before is that Maybe not so much up here in the north, in southern Canada, where we reside now, but in the south. <laughs> I am not Canadian. <laughs> um, in, in the south, and in you know, even in Northern Ireland, which is kind of like the Bible Belt of Europe, um, you have all these different churches. You've got all these different religions, and you get just a wee bit. You just get enough of Christianity to feel like you're saved. Basically, what I call it, you get vaccinated with the gospel, but you don't get saved by the gospel. You get just a little bit. And you think, well, granddad was a preacher back in 1930, whatever, and my parents go to church and I show up sometimes. So surely I'm fine. I'm surely I'm all right. And then they cause all these problems. Like, no, 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 no. If you're actually, and I hate to say it to you, like, I hope this wasn't the case with my dad's um, church where he used to pastor at. But the way these people acted and the way a lot of people act in church, it kind of makes you wonder if they were really ever saved in the first place, if they actually... Ooh, we're throwing some heat now. Yeah, well, think about it. <laughs> if you're so willing to fight and have all this pride and have all this ego and have all this infighting just because of your own preferences, Whereas I don't see the love of God in you. I don't see the grace of God I mean, in you. you and as much as I was joking around about throwing shade, but it's actually true because yeah. like um, uh, it was, Jesus said, you will be known by your fruits. Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot of emphasis on your fruits in the New Testament. And, you yeah. know, uh, I am the vine, you are the branches. And those mm -hmm. who don't bear fruit, I prune them. And so the, mm -hmm. the idea is, man, if I'm a Christian, then I need to be showing my Christ-like conduct in all things. And <laughs> yeah. it's really, and I get it. It's, here's the thing is, if you can't tell, Andrew and I, we're, we're, we can be snarky. And so one of the hardest thing... Uh, uh, not <laughs> so, But the hardest thing is like sometimes in situations where it's like I have, my, my tongue can be sharp. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I have... And thank the Lord, I've actually never... I can actually say in my pastorate, I've never actually used my, like stabbed somebody, at least out of venomous anger, with my tongue purposefully. You know, maybe somebody took something I said wrong, maybe, uh, but I never actually used it. And that was one of those... There's, uh, my first church split, I actually had one person uh, who went off on me and left, and the uh, part of the family stayed and let me, the, the, these other people leave. And I was like, why did you stay when your family left? And they were like, well, because in the time, like you showed that during the time of stress, you held your tongue, which showed me that. And basically they said that the love of Christ was more in you than it was in them, in my own family. And I was like, oh, okay. So it's a good thing when you don't always do what you want to do, because I really, I did not want to be silent. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. And the thing is with us, people really do 
if not act completely in the flesh, they'll, they'll feign this ideal of spirituality where they're like, well, I just feel like God would want us to do this. Or, you know, the spirit told me that, you know, we should probably get rid of this pastor. I'm like, oh, it probably was a spirit, but it wasn't the Holy Spirit. So you need to calm down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a thing. You've got to actually take everything. And with biblical literacy, literacy, you've got to actually take everything and compare it to the scriptures. Is the pastor acting immoral? No. Is the pastor holding himself to the truth of the uh, of the Bible? Yes. Is he wanting to preach the gospel and lead other people to the Lord? Yes. Is he acting in that way? Then if all those things are lined up, then, you know, you don't really have any reason at all to feel like, oh, this guy's got to go. But here's the thing. Personalities are always going to clash. We have not always got along. The majority of the time we have. But all the times we've disagreed on things, and that's fine. But that doesn't mean you're like, well, I just don't like X, Y, Z about him, so he's got to go. You know. Well, in fact, I'd say our disagreements is, is what made our what yeah. made us respect one another That's so much. Fine. But you're not going to act all crazy and go mental whenever you know there's something going on. You know. <laughs> so, so back on track. Also, yeah. <laughs> I think that was a whole rabbit trail. But we hunted down that rabbit and we killed it dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. These rabbit trails are effective here. Mm. But uh, so the thing is, is like so you so you pretty much it was maddening if, to witness all this to hear yeah. and your dad of course after losing his father mm. and then going through this and then the other yeah. family leaving. I'm sure he made him feel a little demoralized. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did, did he? I mean, I, and it's okay if we're on this program. It's okay if you don't want to get into deal. Did he ever express like? A, a defeated spirit or anything during this time? Like, what did that do? You, did is, did that or was your dad just like a typical Irish fighter and just didn't even care and just kept going? Uh, I mean, my, my dad's a, my dad's a tough soldier of a cross. He really is. And um, if he did feel sadness and uh, maybe just remorse from everything that happened, I, I think really he just kind of maybe showed that to my mom, my his wife, you know. But he never carried that over as the ministry. He always kept himself pretty positive, and he was always able to just kind of keep everybody on the right track with the right attitude going in the right direction. And that's something I really admire about my dad is that he's always just able to keep the main thing the main thing and just keep going. You know? Yeah, that was actually one of the things. That's, mm -hmm. Your dad actually, I think he used that phrase. So you, well, I'm you, a son. I pretty much copied my dad. <laughs> <laughs> He's multiple yeah. times. Yeah, he said, like, just keep the main thing the main thing. And yeah. so I, I thought that was, um, I'm not sure if your dad knows, but like actually his, uh, you know, his advice, I did actually take it to Ari. He's one of the few people I was like, okay, I'm taking over a church. What in the world do I do? Because I have mm -hmm. been a youth pastor. And youth pastors, can we just can we just call it what it is? We're spiritual leaders who have a lot of fun. Like that's what a youth pastor does. Yeah. And so uh, it was shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, what's shenanigans? So now it was yeah. like, oh, now I'm not just teaching classes, having fun. Now I'm leading something. Well, yeah. What do I do, and how do I do with all these different walks? So, um, and so it was uh, was there anything else that you were going to go through? I know you said you had some points you wanted to make sure you mentioned. So I want to yeah. make sure I don't cut you off. Well, no, I mean we can just kind of go along with this. Um, the other thing that I kind of wanted to bring up too, um, throughout all of this as well. If you feel like you're maybe going towards a church split, or maybe it could be an impossibility, you kind of have to wonder who's at the center of it all and what's going on. And I feel like what caused a lot of problems for my dad with the church is that the older pastor, the pastor emeritus, just worshipped his kids. Absolutely worshipped his kids. Now, here's the thing. I know for a fact that my parents love me beyond a shadow of a doubt. But here's the thing. Must be nice. No, right. 
But it's like, rightfully so, I was not their highest priority. No, I was pretty like up there. But the thing is, they knew that I was getting towards being an adult, and I was going to school, and I could take care of myself, and they needed to take care of themselves and the church as well. But you see this all the time, especially nowadays, probably not in the older generations where things that we were a wee bit rough, but nowadays, you just have these kids just worshipped and coddled and they can do no wrong and a lot of times it's usually them that cause problems in the church because they get this sense of entitlement i don't care if they're 18 or they're 45 it could always happen okay that always happens if it's not your kids then maybe it's your spice or maybe it's yourself uh, and if it's not that which i've seen in a couple other churches uh maybe in the other temple that we went to a couple of years back you know there is this pastor worship almost or the pastor can do no wrong. Basically, I know it sounds like a lot of different contradictory statements, but what I'm trying to get at is that you don't need to have any idol worship at all. If someone is going against the word of God, if they're not acting right, if they're not being the Christian that they need to be, then you have the responsibility as their parents, as their spouse, their brother, their sister, their congregate member, to maybe talk to them about that and actually get that sorted out. So don't ever put yourself in a situation where you're actually just, you're just, coddling over somebody and they can do no wrong and you can never correct them at all well and i think that's why like if you feel like you're heading toward a church split mm -hmm. the first thing you need to start asking is what did i do wrong yeah. right or what you know and the thing is it's not what did they do wrong so what did i do wrong yeah what have i done wrong and you know um and the thing is is uh or in that is where you need to start taking your spiritual inventory you know if my kids for example am i being too protective of my kids am mm -hmm. i am i letting that you know if you're a woman a mother bear come out if you're a dad are you being the papa bear are you mm -hmm. being way too protective um are you being karen right now where you're like <laughs> i need to speak to the manager of this church and my kids do no wrong my kid doesn't lie uh, exactly. We know she does, Karen. It's okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> every child lies. But yeah. so I mean, yeah, no, idol. It's it's really, a, it, yeah, idol worship is a great word, way to put it. Whereas mm -hmm. you might not be bowing down to maybe a stone idol, but you are bowing down to your own desires and biases, and yeah. you, instead of adhering to the word of God, you are adhering to self. Yeah. and to whatever it is that you prefer. So many problems could have been avoided if parents would actually parents and if spouses would actually look after their spouses. You know, the problem, the thing about actually loving your spouse the way God would have you to love them is actually going through the uncomfortable moments too where you have to actually sit them down and actually say, like, what we're doing is not right. Had that happened in any one of those categories, that probably would have completely avoided that church split that my dad had to go through, you know. But people tend to love their kids to the point where it becomes not biblical, you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't love your kids, but like, you know, you don't, you're not supposed to worship. Well, there's a balance to it, exactly. right? There's Having a balance to it. There's like a God yeah. has to be my priority and I can love my, uh, but you have to love your children through the Lord. Yeah. Um, and you have to, and you have to love your parents through the Lord. And mm. the whole thing is that means through the Lord means I have to be mindful of the Lord's standards in this exactly. whole situation. Yeah. So there's a balance to it. So that's why it might sound mm -hmm. contradictory is because you're talking two of total separate extremes when really the, there, there is a nice middle ground that we all could be in. So I think that's, I think that's very vital and it's one of those things that I, I've known a lot of people left churches for. In fact, I had one family that joined our church and one family member went up and was like, you know, we realized that after being here for a little while that we left our church for our old church for unbiblical reasons. And it was like, well, that's a that's a great, re like, great realization to have when you, because uh, you know, sometimes we get so blinded by our own pride, and so basically, the, if you're getting to the point where you're about ready to point your your metaphorical gun at a Christian, you really should be taking a spiritual inventory first before you do it. Definitely, definitely, yeah. 
And that's the thing, like we all have to have our own Christian personal responsibility where we have to check ourselves and see uh, if we're actually in the right or not. You know, a lot of times people just get so worked up on their emotions that they feel like they can never be wrong. And that's just always a recipe for disaster. You know, you mean you don't always have to be right? No, Willie, you, you can't always be right. I disagree. <laughs> I am always right. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you just call me Willie? Did I? I think you called me Willie. I have to edit that Brian, up. did he call me Willie? That's inappropriate. Just <laughs> shrugging. <laughs> oh, uh, so, um, so essentially, what, what, uh, what would your major advice be from somebody who's been through all that? I think my major advice would be with all that is just follow the leader. Okay. Chances are, no, I'm not saying in every single situation, but the vast majority of churches, the pastor there has been called to that position by God. Okay, so really, if you feel like he's not the right fit, then maybe you should have a conversation with God and not be gossiping around to everybody else. Will, I'm still kind of like 50-50 with you. I don't really quite know. but what's That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, Mike. And I know there's been a couple churches where the pastor was not fit for the role of a uh, for the pastor, you know, and those situations need to be dealt with. But basically, like what I've been saying before, you kind of have to you have to kind of go down that litmus test and kind of see, you know, is he doing anything immoral? No. Is he following the word of God? Yes. Is he trying to reach others with the gospel? Yes. And if all those things lined up. And then you should still be able to follow them. And, and then maybe if your pastor has shortcomings, because every pastor is going to, right? Well, and every layman's going to have. We're all, we all have shortcomings. You, you remember the church that we went to mm -hmm. in that one state not yeah, too long ago? I, I'm a very aware, well aware yeah. of the church you're talking about, yes. Okay. We had our problems both with personality and with professionalism with him. But at the same time, not in a million years would we ever thought about splitting that church. Mm -hmm. uh, situations transpired. But we still didn't split the church. Well, you know? That's what happens when you you know, you know you defend sexual abuse and oh. somebody has to be a whistleblower. Yeah. yeah it's that's so, what church is. That's the thing. Whistleblower. Anyway. Yeah, so, oh. That's the thing. You know, so follow the leader. It's okay to actually follow the pastor and try to support him. You don't always have to push your agenda every single day. Okay. And with that, too, you don't have too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Okay. There's some people that need to be in leadership in a church, and there's honestly some people who don't need to be in leadership in a church. Maybe not at that moment, or maybe not ever at all. Well, and the thing is, though, is that with that, that's a good point, because mm -hmm. some people are just, they're good leaders, yeah. but they're not good worker ants. Mm. And some people are really good working ants, but they're not good leaders. Yeah. Um, my wife, she can lead like children really well, but she'll tell anyone she does not want to lead major uh, adult ministries or anything like that. That's you know her. She's a sweet, introverted, loving server of a person. She'd rather have things to do than to have things to lead. Yeah. So I think uh, keeping that in mind as well. Not everyone has to be. You're not more important when you're in a leadership position than it. Because yeah. honestly, we can have plenty of leaders, but if we don't have any workers, what's the point of any of our ministries? Because we're going to need those workers and I think too maybe just kind of keeping the blood fresh you know and they're you know having a rotation of leadership that's why in churches you know every three years you have um, deacons who get elected into that position and that way you have a nice clean healthy rotation of people being in leadership in the church and that way you can uh, you kind of negate the problem where people are trying to cling on to a certain ministry and they just won't let it go whenever you know it's it's about time for them to kind of move on mm -hmm. to something else you know so 
that's what I'd say. Just it's okay to support your pastor. You don't have to fight him tooth and nail every single Sunday. Okay, it's okay <laughs> to actually hold up the person that God has put in there. You know, it's and a, I think with that you also get God's blessing with that too. Well, it's amazing too because like it's funny growing, you know, being in ministry and stuff. I recently talked to my pastor. I grew up with him. Was just even mm-hmm. like, hey, just want to let you know I appreciate you. Because yeah. if anything is in ministry has taught me anything, it's the fact that mm-hmm. pastors don't hear that a lot. Pastors, pastors oftentimes hear about all the things they do wrong. Yeah, and definitely. it's very frustrating because I've literally, you've been there when this has happened to me. One person's been like, I hate that you do this. And I'm like, okay. And then two seconds later, like, we love that you do it's this. So rude. <laughs> yeah, right. But I'm also yeah. like, I'll literally get two totally hot yeah. and cold things. Like, it'll be one particular topic. Let's just say music. I really yeah. love that song. Keep doing it. Okay, great. I hate that song. Why do we sing that song here? And then that person who hates it ends up throwing a fit. And I'm like, guys, I don't know how to. I'm going, I can't please everybody, so I'm just trying to please God here and yeah. do our best. So, um, yeah, well, anyway. Well, church is not going to be ever, ever personalized for you, nor should it ever be. You know, it's all about worshiping the Lord. Yes, it is. I'm the know? pastor. It's going to be personalized to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. No, In fact, my, my first year being a very... Uh, I, I always joke around that I'm a bit of a control freak and a perfectionist. And so, <laughs> and so for me, it's like, you know, going to a country church. And I grew up in a church that was admitted. Like, my pastor growing up was an administrator, man. He could run that place like a champ. And so, and I, of course, I went to Crown. All these places are so well structured. I went to Door Baptist. And they're so like, ah, it's fine. And I'm over there like... <laughs> Like I was losing my mind. So, Everything is wrong. <laughs> and it's a bit wildly adjust, but uh, you know, not every church is going to be suited to your needs and I was one thing or your desires. And I, I realized I was like, yeah, I can't be enforced. I can't be pushing what will. This isn't Will's church. This is God's church. Yeah, well, and it's not your church. It's God's church, and it's okay. Just work within God's church, and you'll be all right. Everything will work out. That's the kind of thing too with you know with churches. It's a body of believers. Is any one body completely perfect without any issues at all? No. I mean, I wear contacts. You do too. Uh, we, I don't wear contacts. Do I wear glasses. Oh, do you? My glasses are, are right now? Uh, a little bit. Oh, good. <laughs> no, no, I used to wear contacts, but because my eyeballs are weirdly shaped, uh, right. I, I literally would blink them out. You've got those wee Asian eyes. So you do. <laughs> no, my wife has those wee Asian <laughs> eyes. But that's the thing, too. And again, you can also maybe make the analogy that a church is like a, a family of believers. No family is ever going to be perfect, you know. And the thing is, though, whenever you follow the Word of God and you take it seriously, a family could be the closest thing to heaven, but whenever you don't follow the word of God, and whenever you don't take it seriously, a family could be the closest thing to hell. And that's what we have to kind of keep in mind as well. If we're actually following the word of God and keeping the main thing the main thing, then everything will be okay after that. And that's kind of like what I want to have like a, a bit of, I told you maybe some things, some pitfalls avoid, but on a note of optimism, I, I think that our church can actually really be a wonderful thing whenever we put God first as the highest priority, not ourselves not anybody else, and actually try to do what's right and actually try to serve God the best that we can. No, I think and, and I, that was actually the, the really well put there. I, I, right when you said that a family can be the closest thing to heaven, that's so mm-hmm. true. And, you know, but family, it's, we're really just an imperfect church Definitely, yeah. trying to serve a perfect God. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that's, that's exactly it. And, and that's and, all. And, and it's all there. And here's the thing. Like, are, are there going to be problems? Yeah, of course there's going to be problems. Um, but... There's nothing that really can't be worked past. There's nothing that can't be fixed with God's help. You know, I mean, churches could have a whole host of issues, but whenever we decide to follow after God and do the right thing, then lots of different things will just fall into place. You know, 
So, uh, so in the end, your biggest thing is that obviously you. So what were so you had like so what were to summarize what you said? Give us the point, the main points. What I would say is probably take the Bible seriously, take the scriptures seriously, and apply it. Don't make yourself or anyone else, or even the pastor or anyone in your family, an idol where you can't even confront them whenever they're doing something wrong. And again, really simply, just follow the pastor and what he's trying to do. You don't have to fight him tooth and nail every single Sunday with every single decision. It's okay to kind of submit yourself to the, the authority that God has placed in there, you know, and with that, everything will be all right. Everything can kind of move uh, seamlessly as well. Yeah. And then, so those are just my, uh, just a couple of ideas that I kind of, kind of came across that I've had to deal with with my dad and my family and our church and what you've had to deal with too. So it, it seems like there's a pattern there, a crossover of different things. So that's just something I want to and tell you to avoid. As I've you know? talked to other pastors too, they've all they've all expressed similar mm -hmm. experiences. And it's one of those things where, you know, and that's why I started the church split. I was like, there's got to be a way to unite this. There's got to be a way to fix some of these issues before they even come up. So mm -hmm. that's why I started this. And also because I like to talk about controversial topics. Um, <laughs> I'm a very controversial person. What can I say? It's not you. Are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, but it all should always be done in the spirit of love, and that's Definitely. the thing. Is even if you disagree at your church, it's okay. But make sure, like, and I've had to. You mentioned that one pastor at the one church in the one state that um, there was the whole should not be named. <laughs> he will not be named. There was a sexual yeah. abuse cover-up situation that I had to blow the whistle on. Now here's the thing: that was a moral issue that it's okay to put do pushback, and I did, and it was it was very it was very wild and loud, that was, but... That was the thing. You were trying to protect a wee girl and a family that was not protecting her and a pastor who, more or less, would you say, would maybe side with the person who was the aggressor in that situation? Horrible situation, but again, neither you nor me nor anybody else wanted to have him out of office. We didn't want to split the church. We just wanted to try our best to fix a very bad situation. Yeah, and in the end, just because that would, that, would, that would be like a whole nother video for us to dive into. Oh, yeah. In the end, person's safe, everything's good, but we, yeah. I, I just, I resigned, I, I left. Um, mm -hmm. But even when I left, I didn't go in there and try to, you no. know, um, it was yes. one of things where I'm like, the, the news was fairly public at this point anyway, what had happened. So people had put their flags where they were going to put their flags, mm -hmm. and I left. But, um, but the thing is, is that even in a situations where you are completely in the right, do not think that that is a a license to be as vicious and malicious as possible. You're still a representative of Christ. So you could say, yeah. and I spoke truthfully. I used, I used the sharp tongue in that sense. I, I was very truthful, but I left. So the point is, is that I think, you're, I think you brought it right down to where it needed to be, which is essentially, it's okay. What, really what we need to do is keep the word at the center of it. Be willing to bear one another's burdens and be united as a people, no matter how annoying or crappy Brian might be. <laughs> So, no, we love Brian. Look at there, just all handsome, standing over there. Okay. Oh, <laughs> he's going to leave the studio. But okay. anyway, so yeah. um, is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, don't be gross. Be good. Follow the Bible. Follow the Lord. Thank you, Father Flanagan. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I uh, hope you don't mind. We're going to try, try to have some basic discussions like this from here on out. Um, uh, we're also going to have some actual interviews where we're actually approaching some pretty intense topics with some very well-known uh, individuals in some senses, or maybe not well-known, but people who have, you know, 
have studied some of the other theological issues. But today, well, I wanted to talk about uni unity a little bit. I want to talk about mm -hmm. personal experience a little bit. And mm -hmm. just remember, whatever you do does impact other people. So, so you know, impacted his father in a certain way, impa impacted him a certain way. So the way we behave in church will impact others' lives. And we want to make sure we're impacting them positively for the cause of Christ and not detrimentally and possibly crippling our own churches. So with that being said, I hope that you enjoyed this video. Hope you enjoyed this man's suave accent. Oh <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I still want a biblical commentary with just your voice. But anyway, um, with that being said, my name is Will. And this is Andrew. Hey, and this has been The Church Split.